Another episode of Just Another Sports Podcast is off and running. Welcome in, everyone. Greg Swatek, Josh Smith here with you. Uh, no no third party today. Off and, off and running alone. Yeah, us, just us two. We're, we're not really flying solo, but we sort of are because we normally have a guest or a, a third person in here. But uh, with the school year started, everyone's sort yeah. of bu- busy and doing other things. So we're just going to uh, knock this out ourselves well, speaking today. Of, speaking of running, when's the last time you went running? Uh, you mean just jogging or yeah. sprinting? I, I, I do it uh, regularly, several, several times a week. Yeah. How long do you? How far do you run? Uh, between one and two miles. If I ran too much, it, I would lose too much weight. You <laughs> so, would lose too much yeah, weight. Yeah, what do you I mean? Would. I have trouble keeping on weight. So if I so if I ran like five miles, even three times a week, I'd be probably a hundred and forty-five. So pounds. you have there's like a you have a, a set amount of weight that you would like to right. remain at right yeah exactly okay. so and i supplement that <clears throat> yeah i don't want to lose too much weight and i do my regular weight training too so you act but, like weighing 145 pounds would be well yeah bad. i mean who who weighs 145 <laughs> pounds around here sure so, that's um, you know. I have to work very hard to weigh 145 pounds. <laughs> right. That's the most I've ever weighed in my life. Well, I mean, we 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 both struggle to to keep the weight on. It, so, yeah. I, so if I ran uh, a ton regularly, I I I might weigh less than 145 pounds. So we should we should do do a test over the winter to see like how how low you can go. <laughs> well. There's a great loop compared to how low I can go. There's a great loop in my neighborhood that's that's literally just almost a mile on the dot. Um, So I so I typically do that, and then when the weather gets colder, I go inside and hop on the treadmill either at the gym or um, at the little gym in my uh, apartment complex. Yeah, I'm I'm wondering like eventually. I'm I'm at the point in my life where like I'm starting to have like issues that are probably going to require surgery, and. Like you I and just your, you and your high cholesterol. Well, yeah, it's not not that. It's just other. There's other things, that, and I know like if I ever have surgery and I'm unable to like exercise or weight train for stir, an extended stir, period, stir crazy. I'm gonna first of all, I would go crazy, and second of all, I would probably drop down to like 125 pounds. I literally would look like a skeleton. Yeah, they'll have you walk in the. I run- already do. They'll have they'll have you walk in the runways in New York uh, <laughs> be- before long. I have a pretty so. good runway walk. My my son would tell you we 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 have a, have a funny walk that we do. We call our runway. walk. Speaking of LJ, your son, he's he's throwing some weight around. Uh, <laughs> he is tries he from, from from time to time. He'll he'll join me in the in the uh, in, in the home gym uh, occasionally and, and do some push ups and pull try to do pull ups and stuff. And I mean, for his age, I, you know, I don't really want him throwing weight around necessarily, but he does do. He goes to karate weekly and uh, you know a few times a week, and they make him do push-ups there and sit-ups. And he's pretty good at calisthenic type type stuff. Did he which play? Is fine. Did he play baseball over no, the summer? No, no. no. He, I think, I think we're done with that. Although he pelted me with a wiffle ball a couple of weeks ago. I was pitching to him in the backyard. I, I saw, I saw your picture. I saw your picture. Yeah, he he nailed one right back through the box. I could not move fast enough, and it nailed me in the side, and I had this giant red mark on my side for. A day or two, and the picture is hilarious on your Instagram account because your dog is, <laughs> yeah. is standing right, right, right behind you, but you can't yeah. see his head. But it looks like his legs are like coming out of yeah. your out of your uh, butt. So, yeah. so it looks like you're like a, a centaur. A, a centaur. That's what right? I even said. I think. Yeah. I took the photo. I was going to post it, and then I, I noticed that uh, it literally made me look like a centaur, which was even made the made the photo even more worth posting. H- half dog, half human, yeah. and, and Josh Smith. <laughs> half great Dane, half <laughs> half 
skeleton. <laughs> right. <laughs> you're not. You're not that. You're not that skeletal. And I'm shocked you have high cholesterol because you don't. You don't eat that horribly. No, uh, I don't uh, either. So, uh, it, and, and you're young. It's terrific. So. Terrific genes that I have. <laughs> Who's more to blame? Your mom and your dad? Oh, your... it's my. Oh man, my mother's side of the family is just is a wreck when it comes to uh, high cholesterol. My my grandfather's at some point was like 400. Of course, he had like three heart attacks or four heart attacks. He had a five way bypass eventually. So. Yeah, so that's my. Is it bad? Did he not take care of himself or no? It's just it's genes, man. It's like he was, you know, he was never overweight or anything. I don't think he was an exerciser per se. He didn't work out as an as a as an adult most of his life. But uh, yeah, he it was it's all genes, man. Sucks. Well, uh, week one of the NFL season is uh, officially in the books, and boy, (laughs) what what a miserable week one it it was for my Browns. Made even worse by the fact that I spent good money to go and actually be a part of this so-called rebirth of the franchise uh, now that they have some legitimate talent on the roster. And uh, and it got off to a, it was it was a fun day. I, I was with some buddies that I've known for a long time, and we've been rooting for the Browns. And, and one of them, uh, he hosted for the weekend and, and, and put uh, uh, put us up for the weekend. It was, it was, it was a great trip, a great time. And then, and, and then the game started, and actually the game got off to a decent start because they w- marched right down the field on their first drive and uh, scored a touchdown. Um, uh, but the air – Yeah, what was what – was, so you got to paint that picture for me. Like how euphoric was the state of that stadium when that first touchdown well, was scored? Well, it was more just like confirmation of what everyone was expecting. I mean, so it wasn't like if it was a every, dome, it, they wouldn't have blown the roof off the dome there with the no, excitement, right? No, no, because it wasn't a surprise. There wasn't re- a really – a surprise element to it uh, I, I think if this was like normal browns expectations which are fairly low and they and they did that um i i think there would have been more of a reaction but but this this was what was expected this is what we've been talking yeah. about for the last all off season with yeah. odell beckham and jarvis landry and nick chubb and kareem hunt and baker mayfield in the second year i mean this they were going to have a juggernaut offense so this was only confirmation of what everyone was sort of anticipating yeah but then the air immediately started coming out of the balloon when when their rookie kicker austin seibert who won sort of a poor man's kicking competition because <laughs> neither guy was that great but he missed the extra point so instead of being up seven nothing and keep it the positive right. vibes flowing uh, they they're the, the browns point. they can't do that right exactly and then just defensively they just undisciplined penalties uh yeah we need to talk about some penalty the penalties just overall event we can get into that yeah but um, yeah they had but they had 18 18 and that doesn't count greg robinson their left tackle who was kicked out for, for punching kicking, someone for kicking someone kicking in the head. someone yes. yeah so that doesn't even count that and, and they had two penalties declined too so they were flagged 20 times plus plus an ejection plus they gave up a safety right right on a ridiculous the play calling was horrible uh, they had eight runs in the first half and they have they have one of the league's best backs in nick chubb they, yeah. they, they every every play was just five four or five wide spread everything out bakers in the shotgun it, the play calling was horrible it was a it was it was a bad look and, <laughs> and, 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 and a bad uh uh debut for their he- rookie head coach uh freddie kitchens right uh, but just yeah, Miles Garrett that, and six of the penalties were like personal fouls, so they weren't even like uh, on the Titans' first uh, touchdown, which got him into the game. The Browns had four, gave him four first downs on, on on penalties alone. Tennessee was the Browns had more yards than Tennessee for most of the game. It, it, it was the penalty yards that were, that were that was keeping the ball moving for Tennessee. And and Tennessee with Mike Vrabel as their coach, 
real smart game plan. They let the yeah, Browns, I was just going to ask they, you They let the Browns that. do all the chirping uh, going into the game. And uh, just a really smart game plan. Was, was this more of a result of maybe how good the Titans are going to be? I don't think so. <laughs> as opposed to how I, I, bad I, the Browns are going to be. No, I don't think the Browns are going to be bad even. I, 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 as soon as that game ended, even like is the once the game was over, I'm like, look, it's, it, 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 it's one week. Don't overreact to this. Teams look horrible in week one all the time and rebound. Teams look great in week one and have terrible seasons. So there's really not much stock you could put in week one. So you're saying the Dolphins are going to rebound easily <laughs> we'll, and and uh, yeah. we'll, we'll we'll talk we'll talk about that and tear up the, the the Patriots this week. The, right? Well, well, they they typically play New England <laughs> they do. Uh, really well, but um, but we'll talk about that debacle with the Ravens uh, in, in a few minutes here. But uh, I mean, you had to you you did had to. F- have had to fight off the same old Browns urge that was yeah. flowing through everyone's head, but it, it, it's one week. I, I, I think they could rebound. Their next two games are, are nationally televised. They have a Monday night game against the Jets, then a Sunday night game against the Rams. The schedule is very tough early, so the season could fall apart and go down the drain really quickly here. But, but man, what a bummer of a yeah. um, What a bummer of a game. I, the, the trip was great. I was going to say but, regrets. Uh, any regrets? No, no, because the Browns never win an opener. So, so we should have known what we were getting ourselves into. Believe, I mean, this is an unbelievable stat. They played twenty-one openers since they've been back in this expansion franchise. They have one win. And when was that? Uh, two thousand four. Let me see if I can guess who the quarterback was in two thousand and four. Oh my you, god! You probably won't get it, and and, and the opponent and the opponent too. Oh, uh, pro- the stab at that. it couldn't have been the Steelers. I know they played the Steelers, the Steelers a lot. It wasn't the Steelers. Uh, the quarterback in two thousand and four. My God, I they've had so many damn quarterbacks there. I want to say it was Couch, but he was long gone by then. Couch was uh, not long gone, but gone. Yes, I don't remember who took over after former. I'll give you a hint. Former San Francisco 49er. Jeff Garcia. Jeff Garcia was their quarterback. Yeah, okay. And they and they beat the Ravens uh, in, in, in 2004 to, to start the season. Yeah. In 21 season openers, that's the only time uh, they've won. Right. Now they tied Pittsburgh last year in a game that they could have won or could have lost. Uh, but but they they're one 19 and one in season openers. Uh, so so we should have known yeah. we should have known going in they they just don't start the season well. And and it, it could get away from them really quick with the schedule. So but, you stayed. Um, uh, you got there when Saturday? Saturday morning. We got up okay. really early. <clears throat> my, my 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 buddy Garth Castle and his wife Sarah and their two kids. Uh, we we rode up uh, really early Saturday morning, and we were in uh, we were in the Cleveland area before at my, at my buddy Josh's house before mm-hmm. noon actually. Mm-hmm. So um, so we so we made really good time on on the trip up and the trip back. Um, and you stayed until, and, and we stayed until Monday morning. Okay, so we got up early Monday morning, and we were we were back in. I was back in Frederick before three uh, yesterday right. or, or Monday. So, so so fun trip. We had a we had a great time, but but the game was such it was such a bummer. But um, I, I don't want to bore everyone with uh with with Brown. Let's move thought. on. Yeah. Um, I wanted to get into the Antonio Brown situation because he boy, oh boy. because he started the weekend as a member of the Oakland Raiders. And he ended the weekend. As, uh, he started Saturday as a member of the Oakland Raiders, to be more specific. And everything looked great. He had, he had this big apology in front of the team. It seemed like all of these this drama and these issues had been resolved. And then Saturday morning, he posts something on his Instagram account saying, "Release me," because he wants the Raiders just to just be done with this. And everyone's like, "What happened?" Like uh, we, we we thought everything was good. Uh, John Gruden had said he was going to play in the Monday night game. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, there's this release me post on his Instagram account. 
and and, and there's another whole back and forth that that started, and the Raiders do eventually grant him his release, and then speculation began where would he wind up, uh, what team, um, what team would be equipped to to handle a personality like Antonio Brown. And uh, the obvious choice, and a lot of people were talking about it even before this ever happened, even before people thought the Raiders might trade him or release him earlier in the week, was with the Patriots because they have the coach, they have the quarterback, they have the culture. If anyone can handle Antonio Brown, uh, it's the Patriots. And sure enough, uh, 4 o'clock rolls around. He's officially able to uh, sign with the team, and not long thereafter, Antonio Brown signs with with the Patriots. Uh, Not not a real surprise because, again, they're one of the few teams that could – pay him and handle him. Um, and, and a lot of people are saying like, this was some master yeah. plan of th- no th- there, there's no way it was on the simple fact that he gave up $29 million in guaranteed money yeah. to, go, to go to the Raiders. And I just don't think he's that sharp a guy to be able to pull off this master plan because he wanted, I guess initially they didn't have to release him. No, they didn't. And Pittsburgh would have never sent him to New England. They, they said as much. So even if he wanted to leave the Steelers for the Patriots in some sort of trade or something, he it wanted to, it wasn't I, going listen, to happen. Listen, I, I don't, I don't. Here's one thing I don't know if he's been talked about that much. Why did the Ra- Raiders even grant his request? I would just have said, you know what, you're suspended. Yeah, you were you're on our team. Uh, we've decided that you have uh, you're no longer eligible for uh, guaranteed money in your contract because of your behavior. Um, if you want to play for us, come play for us. If you don't, sorry, you know, we'll, you, we won't pay you. Like if you don't show up, you will be derelict of duty or whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, and we won't pay you and right. you won't play this year. Right. Cause he's violating his contract by yeah. not showing up. I, so. I, I, I was, I, I just don't understand. I don't, I don't, I don't know if Mayock explained himself or what, but they just said, yeah, go away, go, go join the team that is you know, now going to de- dominate the, divi- the the entire conference now because yeah, um, it's like almost a slam dunk now. Yeah, I, I think this Raiders situation was compounded not only by Brown's drama and theatrics and yeah. childlike attitude, um, but it was it was compounded by the fact that they have a celebrity coach and they have a GM who was hired off of TV. So these aren't like and Hard Knocks was filming right. Right. The, uh, I think the hard knocks, I think hard knocks was over by this point, but, um, but well, no, like earlier yeah, in the, or, or, like earlier, part, yes. part of yeah. the circus that began, obviously yeah. was right. And, Bra- and sh- surely Brown played into that. Um, but I think the Raiders and experience showed <laughs> throughout this whole yeah. situation because these aren't, this isn't a GM that's been in place for a long time. This isn't a coach. That's Never been, been a GM before. Right. This isn't a coach that's been in place. He's, he's coached for a long time. But he was out of the league for seven or eight years on and on TV. So I, I think that these weren't people seasoned in dealing with something like this. So I think that's one of the reasons why it happened. And Mayock was basically in a staring contest with Brown, who would blink first. And, and Mayock's a very prideful guy that doesn't put up with a lot of uh, BS. So he said, fine, we're, you're gone. See ya. So, and, of course, he signs with the Patriots. And, of course, it's going to work. Because as the Patriots showed you on Sunday night, they don't need him. They, they don't need him. Yeah. Exactly. They also, and, and this was mentioned by Al Michaels or whoever the other night. Like they also have Demarius Thomas, who is, I think, yeah, they yeah. re-signed him after they cut him right after right. camp, and he could be, you know, he's still no slouch right. as a wide receiver. And Philip Dorsett caught two touchdown exactly. passes. Who was a marginal receiver uh, with the Colts. A uh, good college receiver, mar- he's been marginal in the NFL, but but Tom How many Brady. Br- 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 but Tom Brady could make a 
superstar out of anyone. Josh Gordon also, of course, had a touchdown catch. The thing that might unravel this, oddly enough, is the fact that Josh Gordon is on on this team <laughs> Those too, two together? And those two could be horrible influences on each other and, and, yeah. and get one or the other suspended. So Josh Gordon's always one strike away from like being out of the league forever or for it won't matter. a year. They'll just flex James White <coughs> out to wide out and right. he'll catch 16 passes a game. But the point was made during the, during the Sunday night broadcast and it's spot on. Like if, if I'm Antonio Brown and I'm watching this, like my the, my takeaway is this team does not need yeah. me, need me to be successful. And Bill Belichick, at, at the first sign of trouble or some sort of drama, flare up of drama, he'll he'll be he'll have no issue cutting him instantly yeah. on, on the spot. So it's another classic: either fall in fall in line with us, or you're gone. This is just, and, and we'll be yeah. fine without you. This is another way that the NFL just sinks its teeth into us. Like we we're gonna we're gonna. All of us are going to follow this so closely. So many people hate the Patriots so much, and it's just going to be a soap I, I'm opera. Not, I'm not one of them. I, I don't hate them because they win all the time. Right. I, I don't find that a legitimate reason to hate Tom Brady right. or, or hate the Patriots because they always win. There's, there's other reasons why you could hate them. Right. Don't get me wrong. But that, but the fact that they win all the time, that's not what bothers me. No, but, I mean, it's just going to be week to week. It's going to be everybody. It's going to be must-see TV. What's, is Brown going to act up? Is he going to do something on the sideline? Is he going to throw his helmet? Is he going to yell at Tom Brady? Uh, is Belichick going to throw him out off the sideline? It's going to be. It's just going to be awesome. But you know that would assume that like some things would start to go wrong for right. the Patriots, which is hard to believe. Yeah. You know, hard to and, see happen. And I, I think and I think Brown's going to be a good soldier because he knows he doesn't have any strikes with this team. He has zero strikes with this team. He'll be gone at the first sign of trouble. So yeah. So he'll fall in line, and, and the Patriots machine will 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 roll on here. And it's funny because if you looked at the Patriots roster in uh, the middle of August, like at the start of training camp, they had no receivers on this roster. I mean, they were taking a flyer on Demarius Thomas, who they cut and brought right. back because he's older and sort of toward the end of his career. So other than Julian Edelman, because Gronk had retired, um, there was no real outside threat on the Patriots. Then all of a sudden, Josh Gordon gets reinstated. Uh, Antonio Brown has this whole fiasco, and he, and he lands in their lap. So... <laughs> Just he's going to make that offense so much better um, that, 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 it, that it's ridiculous. I mean, and, and they're going to trip and stumble a couple of times, but uh, are they with that di- with that division with that schedule? Yeah, I, I I was watching them the other night, and I was like, I think I even texted you. I was like, they're not going to lose this year. I mean, I could absolutely see them. Not I, I and I know it's it's I know it's overreaction week one. I know that's what everybody does, but. I don't know, man. Now you're adding him to the mix and assuming he's a he's a good boy. Yeah, um, I mean, imagining him with Julian Edelman running perfect like route running receivers along with guys like Josh Gordon and Philip Dorsett. And, and also and, a first-round receiver that's on injured reserve, who, I think. Nikhil Harry, who could come back. Yeah. And it's just going to be a, another home run for the Patriots uh, uh, taking on uh, a, a sort of a misfit toy here in, in Antonio Brown. You know so. what I was thinking last night? I was watching the Saints game, um, and I was thinking about how how much people just you know f- uh, heap praise on Drew Brees constantly. Everybody does. No one hates Drew Brees. Yeah, surgical Drew Brees. No one uh, hates him. Against the surgical Drew Brees against the prevent defense gets right. him into a 58-yard field goal range, which was hardly like a chip shot field right. goal. Right. Anyway, but, yeah, that's that's a very good very good point. But my what I was think what I was getting at was if Drew Brees has had one, if he would have five or six Super Bowl rings, how much would everyone hate him? 
know what I mean? Like that's like people hate Tom Brady. I guess there's a lot of different reasons to hate him. I get it. But I think most of the, most of the hate is because he just he's all he always wins. He and, he and dominates and, and the and league. He, he apparently has the perfect life. He's married. He's, he's a great right. looking guy. He's married to the model. Yeah. Um, but got, Drew Brees is no has right. has it going on pretty good too. I mean, right. he's got a, like a perfect little family. He's very yeah. uh, devout and right. I just wonder if. If the shoe was on the other foot and Drew Brees had six Super Bowl rings, would everybody hate him too? His life, he's not as like tall and quite as handsome yeah. as Tom Brady. So, like Brady, like like what possibly goes wrong? In There's no flaws ever, whatsoever, right? and you're saying right. that's the reason why most people hate him. That, that plays into it. The fact that he wins all the time is like how much better can life get for, right. for, for Tom Brady? I, I think that's why people just don't like him because his life is so perfect and, and theirs, theirs isn't. But, but you're right. Breeze is up there too. I mean, he's got, I don't a, know. He's, yeah. he's got a good looking re- guy, re- great, great looking family, Be- and I, beautiful I, family, uh, a, a nice looking guy. I, I think he scores a lot of points because of the whole hurricane Katrina thing. Right. And he really lifted new Orleans back up after that, after that disaster happened. So I, I think on, on the PR scale, breeze rates much more favorably yeah. on, on that alone. Um, and, and Brady's not Mr. Like he, he, he does run a surprisingly outgoing Instagram account. He, he posts video. He's, oh, he's, he's a he's, funny guy. He, he's constantly posting stuff on Instagram after games. They, they usually, he talks, he plays some like music video of him, like walking, walking out of the stadium or something. And it's set to music usually. And he's like, uh, so, so oh, did you see, did you see him standing next to Gronk at the celebration before, uh, Sunday night football? I guess they did celebrate yeah. there. Gronk is like really thin yeah I, I, right i and they they commented on that too. yeah like, like brady he, almost dwarfed him like you know? I, and i've been like gronk there's no way gronk could stay away from football but he's he gonna have to get, he's gonna have to get back on a serious yeah. eating and weightlifting program to, to get back into football i mean shape. i think he's still pretty he's still pretty shredded but he's definitely ch- dropped lbs like right. i don't know what he weighs yeah, uh, collinsworth i think i heard him say that josh gordon is now significantly bigger than he is i mean i mean uh, because they're roughly the same height, but yeah. but Gordon's much more muscular than even Gronk now. So yeah, um, um, but but yeah, I mean it's just going to be a a home run for the Patriots and hard to see and, that and, uh, and that and not working out again. for them. So, yeah. yeah. So um, I don't know if I'm going to amend my Super Bowl pick. I still may stick with. I'll say the Chiefs are gonna are gonna go from the AFC. Uh, I, I mean that that's the pick, and all of a sudden Sammy Watkins looks like uh, the first round pick that he was, like the top five pick that he was uh, several years ago because he had the big game after uh, Tyreek Hill uh, got yeah. hurt, and he he's going to miss some time with the collarbone injury. Mahomes almost went out of the game. Um, Kansas City's the sexy non New England pick, but <laughs> can, I know. Can, can, can they beat him? Can they beat him though? Uh, when push comes to shove, they couldn't last year. I mean, they, they would have won if they weren't offsides, but, but they yeah. were offsides. And you know, and, you know, New England's getting home field advantage right. this year with the schedule that they have. Right. And, uh, and New England beat them twice last year, uh, in, in marquee matchups, the championship game. And they also beat them on the Sunday night game. So, um, your Vikings had a nice win. I, I, I thought, um, uh, yeah, play, play, played the Falcons, who are a good, not a great team. Yeah, I, I don't know. I I, uh, I was encouraged by a couple of things. Dalvin Cook, you know, needs to be that Dalvin Cook most of the season. They need to keep him on the field. They need to keep him healthy. And as long as they do, and they're able to uh, feature him, they'll be in every game uh, because of that defense. Uh, their pass blocking now. Cousins only threw the ball ten times, which is not going to happen again probably this season. Um, the 
the circumstances of the game just dictated that they didn't need to throw it. And I was fine with that because when he did throw it, they were in his face and he was getting pressured because that offensive line cannot pass block again. So again, it's the same old story with them. It was the same story even when they made it to the championship game a couple years ago. That line was a liability. It was a problem. It's still a problem. So they're not going to they're not going to beat a lot of teams handily like that just because they play a lot of a lot of defenses with some studs up front and their their interior line is just really questionable. So they play Green Bay this week which has you know, a really tough defensive front. Then they play Oakland, I think. They have Chicago. Obviously, after that, it's not. It's going to get real fast for them. It, I don't, it's funny how division-heavy some of these schedules are. Like, yeah. the, like the Redskins are opening with the Eagles and then the Cowboys. The Cowboys played the Giants, and now they're playing the Redskins. Uh, the Bears and the Packers play. The Vikings are playing the Packers in Week 2. It's right. like you have a lot of these early important games in the division, it seems. Yeah, I don't know if I if I like that. I mean, I I guess they you want more of a build up. Yeah, you would to, th- to the to the really important game, especially with the way things are with the preseason now, where people just aren't playing their starters, and there's obvious rust with some teams are dealing with because they're just not used to playing together. I, I was going to ask you, are you okay with a really sloppy football? I am. I am. I, mean, I, I, I think we, you and I were texting about this, and I think this is just a result. You're just going to get some ugly games early in the season because we even. I think we were texting about it after that Thursday night, that god-awful Thursday night game between the Packers and the Bears. Yeah, I, I mean, mean I, if you don't want people to play in the preseason, this is what you're. This is what you're going to get, right? Exactly. I'm 100 percent fine with that. I don't want. I don't want these guys getting hurt playing in meaningless games and then essentially potentially you know tanking your season right. uh, before it even starts right so i know i'm totally fine with that and there's just going to be some ugly games you know to start the year yeah speaking of ugly games the the, the ravens played one on yeah. uh on sunday against the the dolphins and, and i don't even know if we could fairly evaluate what the ravens are this season because the dolphins are just so bad and, and the worst team in the league by like 100 miles i don't even know if you could put any stock in that game yeah. Like, like everything you wanted to see from the Ravens, the defense without Suggs and uh, Mosley, uh, you wanted to see Jackson as a passer. It all, it all happened. But, but, but the Dolphins are so bad. Could they have done that against? Yeah. A- 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 anyone. I had a question, and I don't know what you thought of it. So that game was a blowout from go, and they kept throwing it, and they kept scoring these long touchdowns. And I, I was wondering if what you thought about like why Harbaugh continued throwing the ball and like why wouldn't you just be like you know what we're going to just we're going to easily win this game and we're going to keep our playbook relatively vanilla here and we're not going to put some stuff on film for our next opponent the, the you know fake, what I mean the fake pun up 35-3 right so. but not only that but it's like so, just some of the passing plays that they ran some of the things that they did like that's on tape now for well right granted they're playing Arizona again this week that somebody else they're going to probably spank but yeah, uh, how about the, the, the why does the Ravens schedule always work out so perfectly? Like where they just dive into the season with with like the yeah. cupcakes of the league every year. Last yeah. year they played the Bills in Week One with, with a rookie quarterback. Now they get the the worst team in the league, one of the worst teams in the league probably in a long time. Um, and, and the Dolphins who are trying to be horrible, and now they get the Cardinals who behind the rookie quarterback Kyler Murray somehow rallied to tie Detroit last week but still i mean that <laughs> uh, coming c- c- flying yeah. across the country to play a, a, a historically good team in the ravens with a rookie quarterback i mean who's going to win that game yeah it's not it's not going to so, go well for for young kyler murray i don't right. think but i was just wondering what you thought like did he did they show too much of their hand and that like they didn't need to you know they right. were winning the game by 40 points at halftime like I don't know. What, I don't know that they needed to continue throwing it and stuff. I just would have been like, you know what? We'll run. We'll just run Mark Ingram thirty times today and get out of here. 
and and they 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 put a lot on tape. Was my they point? Did, they did. I, I think they were so intent on showing everyone what a great passer Lamar Jackson is. That's a good that point. I, that I think they were because everyone was like, "You guys could run the ball." You, you so they were trying to prove to everyone that they're this great right. passing team. All of a sudden, and, and the rookie receiver uh, uh, Brown, Hollywood Brown, had a, had, had a good uh, first game. So I was thinking the Ravens might sign Antonio Brown because his because uh, cause his nephew's on the team, and, and the Ravens could always use another. A good receiver, but we'll, we'll we'll talk more about the Ravens and, and their coach in, in, in the boat oh, se- in, okay. in, in, in the boat segment uh, uh, this week. So, gotcha. Um, uh, the Redskins. <laughs> I mean, you had Case Keenum uh, firing darts early in the game. Vernon Davis uh, was hurtling people. <laughs> uh, it, it was a surprise. Forty-eight-year-old Vernon Davis. Right. I mean, no one gave the Redskins really a, much of a shot to beat the Eagles, and all of a sudden they're up seventeen nothing. But then uh, Darius Geis gets hurt again, uh, and they'd uh, Adrian was benched. He was inactive. Yeah, yeah a, a healthy scratch because because they needed some of their running backs to play special teams. So he was the odd man out this week, and it, it raised a ruckus on DC Sports Talk Radio. How could they? How could they uh, uh, make Peterson inactive, knowing Geis's injury history and stuff like that? And and sort of the air came out of the Redskins balloon with, with that injury, and, and then the Eagles, the de- and the, they had some defensive injuries too. Jonathan Allen, their terrific defensive lineman, went out, and just the Eagles got more of a foothold in the game with Wentz and Deshaun Jackson, who had a who had a huge game. still doing it, still yeah. burning it up, right? Man. And he still looks he still looks as fast as he as he ever ever has. Um, so so good start for the Redskins, but then things unraveled uh, uh, from there. So. Yeah, I think their defense is. Like we were touting them big time last week, and all three of us were. I I don't know. I think there's question marks, um, particularly in the back end. I, I Josh Norman is falling off a cliff. I think. Yeah. I think he's going to be pretty pretty pedestrian for the for the duration of the rest of his time in Washington. And then you know, Allen is a is a kid who's supposed to be really good, and I think he is by all accounts. But he he keeps getting hurt. Um, so guys, yeah, and guys does too. So. Um, it's always it always seems to be injuries with him always, like that's why they have Adrian because because uh, Geis got hurt last year right. so, um, you know I don't know it was going to end badly I think it was going to end badly if Geis wouldn't have gotten injured they were going to have to cut Adrian like they were they were not going to be able to he would have been squawking he would have been sulking right. it would have been bad um, right. but now he get you know he's going to be the bell yeah. cow again exactly and so. and will probably carry the ball twenty five times this weekend um, but they play Dallas at home right. Right, I I got to think that Adrian's going to be a big, big part of this game plan to keep to keep Dallas off the field, their offense off the field. Um, in, in, in the rocket science debate, who's closer, Adrian Peterson or Antonio <laughs> or Antonio Brown? I've said for years. I think you and I have talked about this over the years. Like there are some really big dolts out there in professional sports. Like John Jones is one of them. Adrian Peterson is top five dolt. Um, Antonio Brown made a serious run over these last yeah, three weeks. Ben Roethlisberger's up there. Uh, AB is up there too. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Again, people, this was not some master plan by Antonio Brown to get to, it. It worked out for him by sheer happenstance, but he, but he was not scheming his way, uh, and this was not like a move by move chess match to get to, yeah. to, to get to the Patriots. So, <laughs> yeah, but I don't know if you're going to make me pick the bigger dolt. I, I mean, I, I saw I saw too much of it when he played in Minnesota. I'm going to say Adrian is a bigger dolt than Antonio Brown. Yeah. How long before Antonio Brown's whipping his kids with uh, <laughs> oh, God. S- s- switches? Oh, yeah. That's terrible to even yeah. think of. Yeah, no, but, it, it is. Yeah, so, sorry for the <laughs> sorry for the joke and poor taste, but um, 
but but yeah. Um, so I don't know. The Redskins have got uh, have got some issues. Um, I think Keenum is fine. I think they I, I think they would be foolish to kind of you know to yank him too too quickly in the season here. I think they need to let some things play out before they go to their young. Let rookie. let the season be over first. Yeah, yeah. In, in one week, he, it's not over. He's yet, a sharp yeah. guy. Uh, he know you know he's. Uh, he can be a game manager. He can sling it around. He can do pretty much anything. You know, I'm a big Case Keenum fan, so right. whatever. I think they need to uh, buckle down a little bit. I, they're gonna, they're going to lose. They're going to lose to the Cowboys. I can't I can't see them winning that game. Yeah, the Dallas looked great, and uh, as long as Dak Prescott keeps playing well, he's going to be constantly reminding Jerry Jones that yeah, I, I need to get yeah. paid uh, too here. Yeah. So, and I'm not going to be uh, cheap. So, um, I wouldn't pay Dak Prescott the most money in the league i wouldn't make him the highest paid quarterback but i i mean they're gonna have to give him 35 million dollars in, in that ballpark that's, to some that's where the market so, is yeah. yeah i wanted to mention something i got I, so i did get sunday ticket okay i yeah i i figured out a way to we figured out a way to get it and uh i watched it for the first time this weekend on uh a streaming service it wasn't we don't have a hardwired satellite dish anymore we moved away to that, away from that to DirecTV or AT and T now, which is what it is. It's a streaming service. That's what we get our television through. And DirecTV is now an app on our Kindle Fire on our television. So this is the first time watching the games with this app, and it's really glitchy. So I do have some complaints about that. Like it would stop, like in the middle of a play, like the, the Vikings snapped the ball and Cousins was dropping back, and then the screen would freeze for like. Six seconds. Was your DirecTV glitchy too? Because no, okay, no, never was this this bad. So I have a lot of problems with the service so far. And the other problem I had was it was all in my settings, but I didn't know this. Uh, There's there's an alert. There are there are alerts that you can turn on and off NFL Sunday Ticket. And what that is is in the upper right hand corner, whenever there's a touchdown anywhere in the NFL or a turnover anywhere in the NFL, it comes up on the top of your upper right-hand corner of your screen. So I'm watching the Vikings play the Falcons, and there was this glitchiness I was telling you about. So, like, there was – and it was continuing to try to catch up to, like, where – to, to live, being, live like, live. Speed, yeah. So there was it was always slightly behind. So the Vikings got a turnover, like, really early in the game. And um, – I think that, like, I'm getting ready to watch the next play. It hasn't even been snapped yet. In the upper right-hand corner, it says, like, Kirk Cousins throws touchdown to Adam Thielen. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, it, it's, it's certainly spoiled my live my live viewing why, why, of this show. Why, why are they putting updates of the game you're watching? Uh, it, it's uh, like, okay. like I told you, you can't turn off alerts, like, oh, per game. You can only turn them off, like, as a whole. So I And I figured out, like, after the – the game was okay. over after the Vikings game was over. I went to my settings and I turned off alerts so I don't get any now. There should be a way to do it where you would if, think if, if you're if watching that game, right. they, it they, wouldn't they're, show they're you not, alerts. They're not alerting you about the game you're watching. But I think it had something to do with like the the speed, like how mine wasn't wasn't catching up in time to it wasn't live speed yeah. essentially. All, all but te- the alerts were all this technology. I mean, we're we're, we're going to it, and I mean, it's yeah. the way the world's moving. But it's so glitchy. And so like, the whole so I'm telling you, like the whole game, I had every every touchdown, every interception. Like Matt Ryan was getting ready, to, they were getting ready to go in for the Falcons. were going to score a touchdown. I think it was in the first half, and I'm getting ready to watch this play. It was like third and goal or something, 
and I see it flash up like Matt Ryan throws interception to Anthony Harris. I'm like, wait a minute, I haven't seen it yet. You should start calling your friends and start placing some bets. Right, I should. Is what was going to happen. So, so I I got some complaints about the uh, the service so far, but I did I did turn the alerts off, so that won't continue happening to me. Did Xavier Rhodes hobble back into? He he got it. Hobble back into the game. He got hurt two injuries. Right. I mean, you could have a drinking game, and when you watch the Vikings, (laughs) and that's like drink whenever Xavier Rhodes hobbles off the field because they're they're number one, they're ace cornerback. Like he stubs his toe like every other play and has to come right. off. Uh, before we leave the NFL, I was really impressed with Deshaun Watson and, oh, and, yeah. and putting the Texans in position to win in New Huge Orleans, which is, w- which is one of the toughest places to win in the league. And, and yeah. he threw – he was about to get nailed, and he hung in there and threw a touchdown pass to Kenny Stills that put the, Saint, uh, put the Texans up for what should have been the game-winning score. But, of course, there was 37 seconds left in the game, and which was enough time for Breeze to – to get the Saints into long field goal range against the prevent defense, uh, and and Will Lutz, the kicker for the Saints, made the kick. I mean, buried it. Was, it. Uh, yeah, yeah, a fifty-eight yarder, and it probably would have been good for him over sixty. So, so credit to him for making the kick. I know you hate the Saints, and you like and you like Deshaun. So it was a bummer of a result, but but yep. it was it was a great uh, start to the Monday night schedule. And then uh, the, the Raiders uh, played uh, really well against the Broncos. Joe Flacco and the Broncos in, in, in one last night. So I want before we leave this, I, I did want to say that I did watch some of that Cardinals game. I was watching it early. I always watch the the division games for the NFC North because that's those are the Vikings rivals. But uh, so I watched a little bit of the early part of the Lions and and Cardinals, and the Cardinals looked like garbage. Like they just looked, they looked like uh, they were in over their heads. And I was disappointed in that because I was rooting for them to win the game. And I like Kyler Murray. Um, so I turned it off. And then I think all of the other games ended. And I realized, I think I saw it flash at the bottom of the ESPN ticker as I was watching the doll play. And I was like, it said that I guess that game was in overtime. So they got it figured out. And Murray started playing really well. And they got a tie out of it, which uh, was really kind of a win for them because they came back. And well, but but they also they, they did uh, that a defensive they, yes. one of their linebackers or DBs dropped Tremaine uh, Tremaine Brock dropped yeah. a sure interception that right. could have set they, them they, up they, for a field goal or, or won the game with like right. a pick six. So so they blew the chance to win the game in overtime. And I think, but there was also something that happened late in that game with the Lions. It was a bad bad game management. Big surprise by Matt Patricia, who's really not a very good head coach. Right, the, the Belichick tree is horrible. Like like don't hire. A Bill Belichick assistant people yeah like Bill Belichick's the genius no one no none of his assistants are so I think what happened was they were at, they had a third down and uh they were milking clock and I think if they would have gotten this first down it would have essentially ended the game and right and the clock was running and I think right before this third down play he they called a timeout which obviously stopped the clock then they didn't get the first down so that gave Arizona the ball back and they went down and tied it. So it was it was a direct result of Patricia mismanagement mismanaging the end of the game yeah. that that went to overtime in the first place. Right. So, so yeah, Te- uh, typical Lions. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned uh, Rafael Nadal, and and I wanted to bring up the U.S. Oh, yeah. Open final because uh, he uh, won uh, the tournament as his 19th major overall, and it, it's hard to see how he's not going to be remembered um, as is is the greatest uh, tennis player of all time. So. Uh, I, Djokovic is a little bit younger than him, but but still, uh, he's uh, he's four majors or three majors behind now. It's nineteen to sixteen. Federer, of course, has the twenty, um, and it's just interesting to watch these uh, three play because they're all still winning majors. I mean, Federer won the Australian Open at the start of last year, so they're and, and he should have won Wimbledon this year. So they're all still capable of winning majors, and it's just like this race is who's who's going to finish with the most and. And and Federer showed more signs of slippage uh, 
in, in the U.S. Open. He's he's 38. Uh, he'll be 39 or close to 39 for most of the heart of the Grand Slam season next year. So Nadal's only 33, and, and it's hard to see anyone beating him in the best best of five at the French Open yeah. in future years. So he's so Federer's gonna have to win some more majors. Otherwise, he's gonna get passed by Nadal and. And Djokovic is the most prone of the three to like injuries or upsets. Like he's he's prone to up, more prone to being beaten by a, a, a lesser player than Nadal and Federer are. Um, so Djokovic is a little bit younger. You would say he's got the best path, but I wouldn't have thought that about him yeah. in terms of injury. Like I we we all we said this very early on in Nadal's career, like there's no way this kid can keep up this pace and this style of play and stay healthy. He's adjusted a little bit, but he had, and yeah, he had, he's, he's, he's added more uh, pop to his serve, which which has got him more yeah. free points. Um, and he, he's been able to. He's had one year that was pretty pretty much ruined by injury. I think just one. Uh, he had a, he had a wrist problem. I think it was right. But um, he's he's been able to 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 weather it and to to stay healthy, and and that's why he's obviously climbed this ladder so quickly it's hard to see him not getting to 25 or something like that before it's all said and done yeah as as long as he could stay uh injury free uh as he gets a little bit older but but yeah and the point i wanted to bring up with him is he's just such a likable guy too in terms of his work ethic in terms of his personality and just in terms of the way he carries himself in terms of the way he competes i mean he's one of the best competitors in all of sports um, he, and, he and Federer are like like two uh, quintessential like role models, sports yeah. role models. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So the old cliche and the old Charles Barkley phrase: athletes aren't role models. There are the, many the, of the, them the, out the, there. These guys are truly. Yeah. Um, and it was remarkable. Uh, credit to Daniil Medvedev, his opponent in the final, because usually when you fall down two sets against the doll, it's it's over. Uh, guys tend to. Uh, to let go and let go of the rope, they say, yeah. and, and give up mentally, and, and then the third set's uh, uh, a bit lopsided, and it turns into an easy straight set win for Nadal. But he actually rallied from two sets down against Nadal, which is very hard to do, and then he pushed Nadal in the fifth set before Nadal. The other thing is he always wins, it seems like, five, these, these, big, these, these big close matches. Nadal almost always wins. And, like, and against where the – the, the talent gap is so small and marginal. The fact that he wins these big close matches eighty percent of the time is just uh, staggering. What did you so. think of um, Medvedev's style of play? In that, I, I'll tell you just what I appreciated while I was watching him was the speed at which he played. Like he doesn't, he gets up to the service line, doesn't mess around. He 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 bounces right. it once and serves. Right, and you don't see that much at all in this even uh, day and contrast age. Contrast that to Nadal, who's got his ticks and routines yeah. before every serve. And he got faulted a couple right. of times by the official. Right. Yeah, yeah, the, the the time violation, and uh, he didn't like being warned a couple times, like he was it throughout the tournament. Uh, he lines up his he's he's so. OCD. Yeah, so routine uh, right, oriented. Yeah, right. He the, the water bottles have to be in the perfect spot. <laughs> the caps have to be a certain tightness. Like the 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 towel has to be thrown to him a certain way. So right. We were watching when we were watching the, him play. Um, God, when was it? It was. I think it was the semifinal. Maybe it was a quarter. It was a quarterfinal they played earlier last week, and it was sweltering out. It was like really humid. And I guess the commentators made the point that. This guy, you know, does not like to play in humidity of all the weather. It bothers him the most. And I was just – he was, like, losing his mind because he was sweating so much. He was going for that towel. Like, he was wiping his whole body off, like, between every point because he's so OCD. He's, he does both arms. He does his face. He does his forehead. He does right. – I mean, it's 
Yeah. Well, before it was I, it's funny watching him serve because he bounces the ball. He brushes his hair back uh, behind each e- side, e- each ear. He he picks his he picks his shorts out of his butt, right? And and then he serves. This is before every serve. <laughs> it's 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 like clockwork. So, uh, so so as great as he is, it, it is it, it's, it's sort of uh, humorous uh, watching his routines. So I've grown to love him. It's yeah. like it's so weird because I I hated him when he came up and challenged Roger because I had just fallen in love with Roger Federer and. Here comes this kid, and he's going to knock Federer off his perch, and he's going to start digging into yeah, the, the, the Grand Slam hall. And I did not like him for the longest time. I couldn't, I just couldn't stomach the idea of him challenging Federer and beating Federer all the time. But I tell you what, man, I I just love to watch him as a as an athlete, no, right? As a performer, and then this, the and I said I said this to you, and I've said it before. The idea I can't stomach the idea of Djokovic eventually taking the title as yeah. m- w- most Grand Slam titles. Be- I just don't like him. Djokovic has the childish routine. The fact that he retired from his match with Stan Wawrinka yeah. sort of plays into that. Like, just, just finish the match yeah. and then let Stan have his win. He's just harder it, to it like. Wasn't, it wasn't your night. And as, and as much, and to your point, as much as I like and respect Nadal and, and like love to watch him, I mean, I just don't generally root for him because Roger's my guy. And and, yeah. and and I don't want him threatening Roger's greatness. I want Roger to be the greatest of all time. But um, In my mind, he's, yeah. he is. Just, right. I don't know. That's just the way I feel but, about but it. But you won't be able to make the case, it, though, because, because, he, because he won't have the most majors and, and he doesn't have the head-to-head with Nadal. So Yeah, so yeah. I've just basically given up on that. I just think Nadal's just, he's going to take it. He's going he's gonna to own that record eventually. I just I, I I would not be able to stomach seeing Djokovic considered yeah. the greatest of all time. Exactly. So, all right, uh, time for my uh, bad look of the week, and yes. th- this one might surprise you because my bad look of the week is going to Odell Beckham Jr. Oh, the oh, yeah, I was going to mention something about his watch. That's 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 why I'm making him my bad look of the week. So, because um, because he wore like a watch, depending on who you listen to yeah. is valued at least at like two hundred fifty thousand exactly. dollars so i don't th- do you wear a watch i, don't, I, don't I never i i cannot stand having anything on my wrist right i won't even wear one of those what Fitbits or whatever right. you think i might like one of those but i no no but but correct me if i'm wrong but a watch tells you what time it is right and and what what, what, what and what, what else <laughs> between one and four right Odell. right what, what does it do for you besides tell you what time it is I mean, why, why do you why well, do you need a watch that costs two hundred fifty or three hundred fifty thousand like, dollars? Is it just a watch? I think, or it's, is it a, is I'm, it a I'm, Fitbit I'm, type I'm, thing? I'm, honestly, I don't think so. I, I think just a, I think it's a fancy watch, and and I don't mind people wearing fancy watch. That's not yeah. my problem. But just but don't tell me the price. Don't tell me it's four hundred grand though, because I'm going to look at you and say, "What is that watch doing for you for four hundred <laughs> grand that my little nice little watch here is, is isn't doing for me?" So it's like, and, and Odell Beckham might be the smartest guy ever with his money. He might be really good with his money and smart about his money. But when these guys go bankrupt, this is why they go bankrupt. Yeah, because they're spending four hundred thousand dollars on on a watch, exactly. something that's going to tell them the time. Yeah, and he's, plus he's wearing it during the game. Like, what's he doing wearing it during a game? So. Yeah, that's uh, my point. Like, what, why do you need to know what time it is in, uh, in the middle of an NFL game, dude? Right. Like, you know what time it is. It doesn't matter what time it is. Right. The time that you should be concerned with is up on the scoreboard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. It's just, a, it's just another look at me type thing. Is, he, he, does he, he endorse want, he, the company that I, I don't even, I don't made think, the watch? I don't think so. But he just wants the price tag up out there that he was, he's rich enough that he could wear a $400,000 watch. But my 
I don't even know what this watch costs because I got it as a gift. Say it's a hundred. Say it's a hundred bucks, which was yeah. which I think is a lot for a watch. I mean, my Does watch, job. My, my watch is doing just as much as his four hundred thousand dollar <laughs> watch is doing. So it's like, what are you doing? Is it Where, diamond encrusted. Uh, I mean, what? Pro, pro, I don't know what makes it four hundred. And and the league is is spoken to him about it. They said you can't wear this. This could be like. It's a bit of a hazard because it's a hard, sharp object. But he insists it's he's made of plastic, and he's going to continue wearing it. Wearing. So, and he, and he feels like he's being singled out. But it's like, dude, of course you're being singled out. You're singling yourself out by wearing. You're the it. only one wearing a watch, right, buddy. But, but right by wearing a watch, and, uh, and it's four hundred thousand dollars. You are singling yourself out. The league isn't singling you out. <laughs> so he's the victim, Greg. Right, right exactly. Always the victim. So they're picking on him, but but he's making himself a very easy target by with this stupid watch. So, that was your that was your bad look of the so, week. So my so my boy Odell Beckham uh, of the Browns plays for my team. He gets he gets my bad look of the week. I got a couple of good looks. My good look of the week uh, number one goes to um, Cam Newton's post game. Uh, attire? Did you, I, I did. I did not see it, but I know he always has. He always wears fancy something. On, yeah. He was had like an ascot wrapped around his neck. I mean, it was just you got to look it up. It was. Uh, it's worth. A, it's worth a look. Uh, I always. I always appreciate uh, <laughs> the color that he brings to the the podium at the after games, even when they lose. Um, another another thing I wanted to mention was I can't remember what social media I saw this on. There was a. Uh, it was a Facebook post from Barstool. Um, of a of a one armed weightlifter, and I don't know who he is, um, but he's in a gym and he has, like I said, he has he's missing his left arm, and he is doing the power clean, which is taking a bar of weight that's on the floor and lifting it up into the air over his head, and it's got to be two hundred pounds, and he does it. He grabs the middle of the bar. And this guy power cleans it twice. So go look this up, people. I don't know who he is. I don't know. Where can they find a Barstool? Barstool Sports uh, posted it. On, I know I saw it on Facebook.com. Uh, Facebook.com. Facebook Watch, I think, is what it's, what it's on. And there's a 33-second clip of this guy doing this twice. It is unreal. Like I don't know if I remember power cleaning in high school and doing like, uh, you know, 150 pounds was like difficult for me because I, I don't weigh that much. But this guy <laughs> – he somehow lifts it over his head, and it's like 200 pounds. One of the most amazing things I've seen. Yeah, when you put your mind, of, to, when, you put your mind when you put your mind to something, you, you can make it happen generally. Yeah. So, so that's my good look of the week, All yeah, right. him and Cam Newton. Very nice. Um, uh, time to throw some people on the boat, and I can't believe this person's not on the boat yet because you and I are both basically despise and loathe this person and his brother too. But 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 John Harbaugh is going on the boat All right. this week. I, and we hate the Harbaugh so much; it's shocking that they weren't thrown yeah. on earlier. So. I, I mean, I think I put I think Sean Payton was a charter member when we started this. I just threw him on just as a as a reaction because I hated him so. And much. we don't know John Harbaugh, but one of the reasons why we dislike him so strongly is we don't think like his public perception is actually who the guy is. Yeah. He's sort of a jerky type of guy. Both the Harbaughs, um, and John Harbaugh is punting. He's he's fake punting up 35-3 against the Dolphins. And to yeah. your earlier point, like what, you, what exactly are you doing? What are you trying to prove? Uh, wh- why? why, they, why uh, he did address this. Uh, did he? I, 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 I didn't he said, see, he I, just I, said, I didn't, I didn't see the comment. I think he even said, uh, uh, I don't think the Dolphins had a problem with that. Like the whole point is to keep your offense on the field. Why? You're up 35-3 to and you're clearly, right. the, the, the team is clearly overmatched. Why are you fake punting? In that situation, I just think he's a jerky guy. Yeah, everyone loves him because they think he's this wholesome guy. But 
underneath the surface, there's. <laughs> it, it, I, I think it's a different story. I totally little, agree little, with you with John Harbaugh. Yeah, so. that's and that's that is the reason why I always root against him and his brothers is because I think they're both sort of sort of fakes. Right. Yeah. Uh, Jim Harbaugh's like slapping Jim Schwartz on the on the on the back after yeah. like an overtime win and stuff. He's yelling at the refs. The Harbaugh's are the worst. As soon as they're the, whiners. As soon as a, a call one flag goes against the Ravens, they're they're up in the refs. Face. There was screaming, yeah, there at, was screaming an, at the referee. There was an instance like several years ago where the Ravens were winning some in some blowout, and one of his players got flagged for like a personal foul, and he called a timeout. He was winning the game by thirty points. He called a timeout just so he could yell at the official. Yeah, the, the regular. Both of them are regularly berating the, the he, referees yeah. as soon as they're ar- whatever, arrogant. Whatever, whatever call goes against. Arrogant them. is the word. Yeah. So. Um, so John Harbaugh uh, finally makes his way onto the boat this week. All right, I'm going to throw uh, someone on the boat who got into a, a Twitter spat with uh, our recent guest on our on our podcast, Matthew Collar. Yeah, got into a got into a Twitter spat with uh, a former Vikings quarterback, which is which I thought was hilarious that this guy chimed in. His name's Kyle Sloter, and he was b- battling for the Vikings' uh, third uh, number three quarterback job, and he got cut. Um, at the end of at the end of pre or at the end of the uh, training camp or at the end of preseason, and I guess it's been a narrative online amongst amongst fans. They fans fell in love with this guy because he was a preseason hero. He would come in fourth quarters and just put up incredible numbers, and they would win games behind his comebacks. But he really wasn't anything special. And I guess Collar was always saying like, "Look, people, like he's not playing with the ones and twos for a reason. Like the coaches know." That he's not that good. They see it every day in practice. He's not very good, and so the, he got attacked. Collar would get attacked media, uh, uh, constantly on social media because because of his takes on Kyle Sloter. And of course, like he's no longer even on the team. And he made a he took a jab at Kyle Sloter on Twitter, and Kyle Sloter saw it and went back at him. Did he like tag him into it or how did? No, he didn't. Okay. He just somebody. I guess maybe somebody alert, somebody alerted Kyle Sloter to the fact that Collar had taken a shot at him. Yeah. So yeah. So if you're Kyle, why if you're not that why, great, why are you yeah. throwing yourself into the middle of that's this? That's my that's my point. It's like and and, and Collar was like, look, I've covered a lot of guys in the NFL, Sloter. Like it's it's not a good idea for you to get all up in arms about something that someone in the media said about you. Right. Exactly. And so I'm throwing Kyle Sloter on this boat. Not that anyone's could, ever going to miss him or know who he is on this boat. That could be a bad look of the week too. Yeah. That, it, it definitely could be, but I, I mean, I just thought it was hilarious that this guy uh, saw it and yeah, got, like it, got what, involved. Like what leg are you standing on, or, or what pedestal are you standing on, Kyle Sloter? He, to, he pulled to, the card to, to, to come at this argument. He pulled the what? what where did you play football card? Like, yeah, with, and, with and, and I hate Collier. that. There's plenty of people that never played football that could speak intelligently about it. So, so I, so when guys do that, it's, it, it's ridiculous. You don't have to. Have, you don't have to have played to have some deep yeah. understanding of football and, w- and what you're watching. I mean, so. we, you you all heard Matthew on our podcast a couple of weeks ago. Like, the guy knows what he's talking about. He knows how to break down film. He knows what's what's good and what isn't in the NFL and the right. game. There's, there's a, you, you don't have to have played football to have some intelligence right. about it. So, so that's a, it's a, I can't stand when people do that. It's a ridiculous take. So, um, so and what was I going to say? Oh, a scene or to be seen. Yeah, you have one? I, I do. Uh, I'm, I'm not actually finished with it all the way, but it's our usual suspect in this spot, uh, Steve Ruchin, who yes. in the latest uh, issue of Sports Illustrated, I don't know if you saw it or not, uh, wrote about uh, the demise of the printed ticket. I saw that. I didn't know he wrote that. I haven't, I haven't read that yet. Yeah, so he's talking about how tickets who are such 
cherished things for, for older items, people because people yeah. keep the stubs saying I was I was at the game. It just it's proof that you were at the game or just and and Steve Rushin, it, it's a long story too. You probably it, it, it's it takes up probably four or five pages. So for for those unfamiliar with journalism, it's probably at least a sixty inch story. Yeah, about a about just the demise of the paper tickets. Right, uh, which. Is is a neat little subject that most people wouldn't even think about writing about, but but he turns out this gigantic story about it just because he's he's that good at what he, what he does. So so it, it, it's a really just it, there's nothing like super earth shattering or insightful about it. I mean he's he just yeah. he's just sharing all these anecdotes about people and, and what they did with their tickets and stuff like that. But just to, to have the mind to be able to think about it and write about it so long and in, in such depth and so well is just typical Steve Roosh. He's the best. He is. And and it resonated with me because the Browns no longer, and and I think most NFL teams, the paper tickets out. I mean, you Mm -hmm. have to, you have to uh, either give, you you have to have a smartphone and have the ticket on your smartphone. Or I think you have to give your name to the person at the gate. Like the NFL's like done away with paper tickets. Everything's digital now. So, so the story resonated with me as I was leafing through, my SI over my trip, I came across the story and it's just really well done is everything is always with Steve Ruchin and just to write a, such a long and in-depth story about just a ticket. That's to- funny because, and and now I'm going to read it, but you know what? Earlier I wasn't, I didn't know he wrote it. Um, I wasn't going to read it because it was something that just didn't, I, it, it didn't resonate with me. Yeah. It's not even the most, ex- that's, the, that's the point though, too, is that, like, it's not the most ex- exciting subject matter either, but Steve Ruchin makes it worth Worth reading. That's what a good writer does. Because he's so good. Storytelling. Yeah. Yep. yep. Um, something I saw, and I just saw it today. Excuse me. I sent it to you, I think, on Twitter. And this is not something that I would be interested in doing whatsoever because I don't care about – I wouldn't care about ever having my photo taken with any professional athletes per se. But there's this thing at the Cowboy Stadium where you can um, stand in front of this giant screen um, – and have your photo taken and you know that's great everything um but what makes it neat is that it's right on the concourse in that giant stadium what makes it neat is you can pick like you can click on uh players pictures that are uh, current cowboys pictures prescott elliott right those guys and they and i guess uh you press like uh four or five of them and then you you hit go and i guess you you know you go back and you stand there and pose with you know whoever you're with so your family like you or whatever and then they come out like the digital images of them come out and pose around you and it literally it looks like they're standing there with you yeah. now i would never i wouldn't care about that but i can see how fans oh, would go this, crazy for that selfie obsessed culture yes. like, look, like look who i got a picture with and because it really does look like they're right. standing right there with you yeah it's the perfect thing to post on your twitter yeah. or instagram or facebook account so. so i mean you can find that on twitter i think uh, yeah. yahoo um tweeted something about it and a little video that shows you how it right. works very right. cool yeah so all right, that'll do it. Uh, we'll uh, hopefully have uh, someone joining us next week. Thanks, so, Greg. You can, you yeah. Can't just be me and you. No, no. I, I, I'm not good enough for no, you. No, clearly not. So, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, just another sports podcast. <laughs>